Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast. Yes, and this is. is our public podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have our Patreon members only podcast that happens every other week. Thank mm-hmm. you, Patreons. But today's podcast was heavily influenced by our Patreon members because we've brought in a third to yep. our marriage. It happens. You know, you're together for a few years. A few? Over Thanks, 20. Lana. Over 20. <laughs> <laughs> So today we have with us uh, musician Jeremy Messersmith. Wait, he's a musician? Yeah, he's I on just know him as a guy I played Dungeons and Dragons with. <laughs> Holy shit. It's true. Hi. Hi. Hello. Oh Hello. my god. <laughs> I feel so betrayed. <laughs> uh, so Jeremy, justify your existence. Oh, I mean, not much. I think I'm as much of a waste of space as as, as absolutely anybody. But sure. but I do play a pretty good paladin in D anD. d I you think. Did I think? I thought oh, you was. did a great job. Oh, okay. Also, I think you were one of Time Magazine's people to watch a few years ago. So you got yeah. that going for you. Yeah, I mean, just watch them crash and burn, <laughs> folks. Watch them crash. Hey, watch this. Wa- watch them as they go by. <laughs> uh, musician, love your music. Uh, as much as, you know, as much as I pay attention to music, I really love your stuff. Hitman's one of my favorite songs that I play a lot. Like, in um, my Spotify top songs that I listen oh. to the most, that was, that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was in my, that was in my Spotify thing. Very cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Ghost in, Ghost in Your Garden is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. I should have said something, I should have been a real asshole and said something that he didn't do. <laughs> Did you do uh, Hello, Mr. Blue Sky? That was yeah. really good. Yep, That's a really great that one. Was, and, and I would have owned it. Yep, that was one of mine. Yep, yep, wrote that one a few uh, years back. I don't even remember how we became friends. This is the story of, of Sharon and I, is we will often sit down with our friends like, how did we become friends again? I actually do remember when I became friends with Jeremy. It was at Convergence. Mm-hmm. I was. Oh. We were sitting, and you and I started talking about mushrooms. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are an an outdoor person. I was yes. kind of like a newly minted outdoor person. Right. I found one thing I finally like to do outside, which is hunt mushrooms. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of evangelizing and just wanted With to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. Some of them will kill you. Yeah. Unless well, you're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have so many people who just swing into our orbit and I can't. But yeah, there are a ton of people. I don't remember exactly when I met them. It's just, I know I'm always happy to see them. And right. chances are it was because I was drunk at Convergence. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> way to it. It's like, it's like the siren call. Yeah. Drunken Shaz at the uh, the hotel bar. So, Jeremy, just generally speaking, what is your experience with birds and birding and things like that? Oh, uh, next to none. Excellent. You and Eric. Yeah, I have no idea anything about birds. Although, uh, 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 frequently, I will talk about duck penises with people. I did. That's Mm -hmm. the one bird fact that I know. That's the only bird fact Sharon knows. That's what I'm known for. I write a lot about duck penises. Yeah. Yeah. I occasionally pull out the the gif of a of a duck penis to to weird people out or they don't believe me that a, a duck oh god he's sure. a jiff person oh no, sorry you're out goodbye I'm forever sorry i i go with the initial creator <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh. so speaking of duck penises we actually have a story great <laughs> segue big surprise sharon has a story about duck penises. it's technically not about duck penises it's about but, I'm gonna, but sharon's gonna make it about duck penises <laughs> 
I will. Well, guess. Okay, so are you familiar with the cassowary? No. It is this gigantic bird that's in Australia. I'll just show you a picture. It's about as tall. Looks as like me. a psychedelic turkey. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, Slightly only smaller than an ostrich, but bigger than an eagle. Taller than me. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, it's really big. Oh, okay. it's really Sorry, big. I, yeah. I couldn't get the scale. For yeah. Okay. No, it's wow. it's like an emu size. Oh, okay. Bird. So it is the most dangerous bird in the world. Yes. Why is that? Uh, a Florida man was oh. killed by a large oh, flightless no. bird. His pet cassowary. Killed him. Yeah, yeah. How? And it's kind of like a velociraptor type thing, because they have these sharp claws, and they'll just yeah. kick you and slice you with it. Right. It's not a bird that I would keep as a pet. No, I don't know. Like, why would you... Like, I understand why people breed ostriches for meat and, like, emus for meat and stuff. I, I, like, why... Do you just think it was cool to have this? Um, well, they are eaten in parts of New Guinea. So sure. I don't know if this guy was trying to start some kind of emu farm. Right. Or if it was mm. just a game fa- a game farm type situation. Uh-huh. But he had it, and he was found dead on his property. And all of his uh, injuries were cassowary related. Wow. Did he have just one, or was it like That's a My farm? understanding is he had just one That's cassowary. That's fucking crazy. Because, I mean, you've told me about these birds in Australia, and you have instilled a terror well, that's because that's because not only okay, so because you don't think of an you don't think of an ostrich as a dangerous bird. Oh, I would. That thing runs quickly. It's got giant thighs. It sticks its head in the ground whenever Bugs <laughs> Bunny comes thing. around. That does not. That's not a thing. Right, but I just I don't think of it as a dangerous bird. Like I like I understand that like swans are dangerous and can break your arm. With they their can wings. drown like, you. They Mute can... swans have drowned people. What? Yeah. This, yeah. is, this is well, this, this is, is shocking to me. You're talking about kayakers, right? People who are already in the water. It's not like the swan knocks you out and drags you into the water to drown you. <laughs> the, 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 so mute steals swans. your wallet and your uh-huh. identity. Okay. So mute swans are the real pretty swans uh-huh. that you see. Yes. They're not native to North America. They're introduced, and they actually cause problems with our native waterfowl because oh. the way they eat up habitat, it rips up duck habitat, and they'll kill things that are in their uh, nesting territory, yep. okay. including people. They are assholes. And so wow. there was a kayaker in Chicago. And he was kayaking in this, uh, and he knew the swans too. Uh, but he was <laughs> kayaking. They were neighbors. Doug, <laughs> Gary, hey, good to see. You. Oh no! Oh, Gary, Gary put down brown... the gun. Oh. They lived in the same brownstone complex. Okay. <laughs> kind of, yeah. They were they were swans on a pond, and they didn't like him and his kayak, and they flipped him, and they prevented him from getting back up, and he drowned. He was killed by mute swans. So I understand that birds are dangerous in that, like, like. Geese are strong because you have to, you know, to get that much mass up into the air. But like cassowaries seem particularly like malevolent. They seem like aggressive birds. Um, they have a four-inch dagger-like claw on each foot, and the cassowary can slice is this open on the, is this any the, predator. This is, this is like the spur, like the, the back spur of the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they can slice open any predator or potential threat with a single swift kick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. And they can run up to 31 miles per hour. That's faster than me. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. faster than me. <laughs> the thing that I always found fascinating was... I'm going to go on a sidebar here. Is there anything more we need to say about this? I was going to tell you, than... like that's not even the scariest part about the cassowary. What? What? All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They are legally enabled to buy (laughs) firearms in America. Okay, so people that have issues with gender, here you go. Uh, That have issues with people declaring gender, let me say that. Um, Both sexes have a penis and a clitoris. Okay. Lucky. But it doesn't end there. Both the male and female birds have a phallus, but it's not connected to the reproductive tissue in either bird. Same. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. When the male cassowary inserts what looks like a penis into the female, <laughs> mm-hmm. the semen actually ejaculates from the cloaca that's at the base, oh. not the tip. Oh. Oh, 
fascinating. Now, wow. I want to take a step back. That okay. First of all, <laughs> oh no, weird and fascinating that that we that this a this happens and b that we know this. <laughs> yeah. C. Considering how dangerous these birds are, somebody figured this out. How many people died figuring this out? Somebody played a real dangerous game there. Uh, Someone, someone, not just one person, a whole series of people over hundreds of years said, hey, you know what I want to do with my life is study the sexuality of cassowaries. Somebody had to do it. And then somebody had to explain to their loved ones, this is how this person died. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm reading this to you from an article on 10,000 birds, and I'm looking at one of the photos. I'm like, well, that photo looks familiar. Guess who wrote the article? Yeah. Me. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, all right. This was uh, in 2012, so I can completely understand why I forgot I right. wrote this article about oh, cassowaries. Wow. But yeah, the, inter- the fascinating thing, but like, the thing I always remember was you talking about the secretary bird. Which oh, yeah. Is, those, they, they, those are the ones that kick snakes. They are. It, it is a... <laughs> It is a now they what are you they can about the snake kicking birds. Hold on, I, I got I'm right. I'm going somewhere with it. All right, all right. Okay. Your honor, I am going somewhere. <laughs> now, it, can the secretary bird fly? I recall them being flightless. Um, but I'm not sure about that. I think they can fly in the sense of like a turkey glide. can fly. Okay. So, they are a bird of prey because they kill things with, with their, their feet. feet. Yes. Oh. But the way they do it is they punch snakes in the head. And kill them. Now you think about like okay, you think about like a snake. There's not a lot of mass there, right. so if you like, if you yeah. hit a snake in the head, it would just weigh back. They can punch a snake so hard it dies, wow. and then they eat the snake. Now the problem is one punch bird. Secretary birds can kill men because they punch them in the testicles and cause internal bleeding. What? They crush balls. If you so go much to that, that, that is their first response is to kick things as a self defense and with men that is right at the groin region and they can because they can kill snakes they punch you so hard you bleed internally from your crotch and die. I want to. I haven't actually read that article. I feel wow. like you're just kind of secretary bird well, explaining. Yeah. So wow. secretary bird explaining. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm, is that the secretary bird? That's the secretary oh, bird. Oh, those are those are dancer legs. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, and that's a fake snake. Somebody has. Said yeah. It yeah. Is, it is yeah. kicking it repeatedly. Yeah in the head like right wow just standing and it's also not only is it kicking but I mean it has those talents so it's kind of like kick and a quick grab yeah yeah no, and these are like wow. this is Australia so, imagine so this that is like poisonous Australian snake oh yeah yeah <laughs> I'm gonna kill that I'm gonna kill and eat that snake by punching it with my feet secretary birds are African not Australian oh African I'm sorry but they are yeah that's what they I just like that they, they were like you know flying's cool but Let's say we give it up for the ability to, like, kick a snake in the face. <laughs> you know, Dad, I just don't think this is going to work for yeah. better for me. <laughs> I'm going to do something different. Yeah. Not this flying shit. Yeah, birds. Birds So there you go. Florida man to... killed by bird with both a penis and a clitoris. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, have either of you been, been like, spurred by, by a bird before? No. I've never been around, like... Uh, I don't spend a lot of time around like I did that. I've been chased by chickens with spurs. Mm -hmm. I've had a robin fly into my face, like make physical contact. Spurs, spurs first. Did you ever? (laughs) Well, I mean, did you ever have a bird of prey like come at you with the feet? I know you've had like birds try to drive you away from the nest. Don't you remember the time you had to help me get a bird off of me? Well, that was like was a crow, wasn't it? No, that was a red-tailed hawk. 
I do not remember this. Oh, my God. So I had to do this New Year's Eve program. This was back when I worked at the Raptor Center. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I do recall this now. Yes. Okay. And so we had this young male red-tailed hawk that was imprinted on humans. It was beautiful, easy, super great bird to work with until his reproductive hormones kicked in. Yeah. And so... Oh, yeah. And I went out one night to go get him. And so what you do is you would, like, put your fist in front of the bird, and then he would step up, and then Mm -hmm. you'd grab his leash, and then you'd untie it and wrap it. And so so he's sitting on your gloved hand, and Mm -hmm. your other hand is is a bare hand. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm undoing his his leash and Mm -hmm. taking him up, he takes his foot and grabs onto... As a matter of fact, that's that's like an old puncture wound right there. Wow. (laughs) And... um, just starts trying to kill my hand. Oh. And so when they're squeezing like that, um, your inclination is to wiggle your fingers to get them mm-hmm. to stop. Mm-hmm. Their inclination is, it's not dead, I need to squeeze harder. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm just like, don't move, don't move, don't move. <sighs> well, then it looked down and was like, well, now I want to rip open your hand and start eating it. And so I was like, no, don't do that. And, and I suddenly realized, it was like, it has both my hands. I can't open the door. I can't get out. It's it's squeezing the hell out of my hand. It's trying as, to eat my hand. And I was like, I don't know how to get out of here. As I recall, I was waiting inside the building for mm-hmm. you. I was like, well, this is taking a long time. I'm going to go check on Sharon. So, yeah. He, <laughs> Your partner's he, being devoured by yeah, a red hawk. <laughs> so, Bill comes out, and I'm so grateful to see him. And I'm like, I can't move. It's trying to eat my hand. And he's like, smack it against the wall. And I was like, no, it's not the bird's fault. I'm not going to eat because you were just like, bang it against the wall. And, right, I was like, yeah. and I said, no, 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 no. It's like open the door and get me out and then I want you to do something to startle it and it'll flap right. and that'll get it to let go and uh, that's and that's what we did and wow. and that's what it takes to be a bird handler is you oh. know you don't want to hurt the bird because it's just doing it's to not panic to work through the pain and yeah. you know uh, uh, respect the bird and just start a little bit yeah right. yeah so we startled it and then it, it flapped a little bit and let go of my hand and then I put it back and I was like why do use a different bird was tonight? that the bird that was that the time it broke your watch that was a great horned owl oh okay <laughs> Just had a thing for watches. Just, no, just, my watch like... was underneath my uh, Glove. gloved hand, and and great horned <laughs> owls, they would just some, this particular bird would just get angry and start squeezing the hell out of your hand, uh-huh. and it cracked the watch face. Wow. Yep. Yeah. All right. So cassowaries. Cassowaries. Uh, we'll kill you. Cassowaries will you kill have, you. have like yeah. of of all the birds that. I don't think I'm afraid of any bird. It's uh, cassowaries. Like I would go and see them. I would never. Like, behind plate glass, I would go and see mm. Cassowary. Hmm. All right. So, um, so oh, you know, when we kind of jumped right into this, I should have mm. mentioned, we played the game Wingspan tonight. We did. Oh, yeah. And so, Jeremy, as a non-birder, mm-hmm. how did you feel about your experience playing Wingspan? Uh, I loved it. And, again, I don't know anything about birds, but mm-hmm. I found that um, the cards were a delight, and I found myself learning about birds. And I also like the, it's a competitive game, but it feels very cooperative when you're when you're playing it, mm-hmm. uh, which I yeah, yeah, because I had the card that everybody got a worm. Yeah, yeah. that was the sort of thing. That was the thing that I noticed. I think probably for the first time tonight, it was like, yeah, you're you're trying to get ahead on points, but you can't fuck with the other players. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your bird. Draw I'm four steal your eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you all have oh. your own zone. Like you're not playing yeah. on. Everybody has their own zones. You're not playing on one board. Everybody has their own habitat. Yeah. I thought that was that's nice. Mm-hmm. Do Do you remember any bird facts from your cards? Oh, um... Or do you remember a bird? Uh, yeah, the, uh, was it the yellow, yellow blackbirds? Yellow-headed. Yellow-headed blackbirds, mm-hmm. yes, uh, which, uh, you informed me that, the, that they, they show up around here, and we listen to a bit of the call. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you, yeah, so if you want to hear bird calls, that's up to the birder in your group that's playing Oh, yes, you, yes, I yes, had yes. That. That Sorry, was... we were playing, like, the deluxe edition <laughs> of this, of Wingspan. Sharon yeah. brought all the birds out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but no, I'm fascinated that we, we played it with birders and we played it with non-birders, and I find non-birders enjoy the game way much. Mm. Enjoy it much more than birders. As you pointed out, like, birders get too focused on their favorite birds yeah. to, like, to think strategically in terms of points. <laughs> yes. It's like, no, I really want to play the Ferruginous Hawk. I don't care if it's fewer points. Yeah. And, and it's not the bonuses. No, really. I enjoy playing this game. Like I said, is you know... The first round is always weird because the first round is different, but once you get past that, it's like... Do you remember any bird facts? Um, I remember that if the peregrine... I remember from the card that if a peregrine falcon can eat a bird, that its wingspan is smaller than 100 centimeters. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an actual thing, I remember the okay. habitats oh. and stuff like that. No, no. There's, I mean, I... Hmm. No, I don't remember any actual, like, because there's always, like, a little bit of trivia at the bottom of the thing there. I don't remember anything from that. But, okay. I, like, okay. the the strategic ability. What I'm thinking of when I play this game is the strategic abilities of the birds for the next time I play the game. I have a, a pop quiz for you, Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Which is, uh, what's the wingspan of, of an albatross? Which species of albatross? Well, the one that grows, like, in Antarctica. Like near there, near there. There's like there's like an island to the north. It never quite freezes. I only watched this because I was I, I saw um, Our Planet on Netflix today. And they oh, sure. Oh, is this the emotional thing. manipulation? Well, I believe it is the longest, is like- longest, most beautiful guilt trip ever, <laughs> uh, funded by the BBC and Netflix. It's so gorgeous, and I'm like, well, this is the last. Bye. This bye, is yeah. this is the last we will we will ever see of it. So. Albatross in general, I'm not sure exactly which species, because that is a bird I have not ever seen. I've mm. not seen any species of albatross. Wow. But uh, albatross generally have a wingspan of 9 to 11 feet. And uh, I'm going to ask one other one other question, which I know the answer to, which is the only bird fact that I maybe know. Sure. But, um, uh, albat- albatross chicks. How long do they do they stay chicks? How long do they live before they fly? Do you have any, any, any idea? I don't, because I've never chicks. actually seen albatross. The only thing I know is that isn't it like the oldest recorded living bird is an albatross? Yeah, that's a oh. Lazan albatross named really? Wisdom, who's on Midway Atoll, uh, a, a yeah. uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife site. And how old is Wisdom? 62. 62 and still Get Still laying eggs. Get still laying eggs and raising out. chicks. What? Yep. Yes. Wow. So you watched the documentary. How long are uh, albatross chicks before they fly? They, they are fed by their parents for a year. That, oh, that wow. makes sense because they only a full it's, year. Yeah, their breeding Someday, cycle is slow. Maybe this will be a, a special episode. But <laughs> you need to sit down and have Sharon tell you the story of going to what I call Puke Island. <laughs> okay. To ban sounds like uh, the worst amusement park ever. Ban yeah. pelicans and what was that? What, was pelicans, it cormorants, uh, ring-billed gulls, uh, terns. Sharon went to yeah. So Sharon went to an island where these where these, here in Minnesota. Here Lackey in Minnesota. Oh. To go and forcibly ban these birds to track them, and the way you do this is you physically pull them out of the nest. Flip, I'm, I'm giving the gross version. You can give the real version. You pull them out of the nest, flip them over, and put a metal clamp on it. They're like, guess what? They don't like this. Oh, but and these birds don't. eat nothing but fish. So oh. He's leaving out oh. two key things. All right, all right. We're banding them when they're mobile. So they form these gangs called pods. Okay. So you go around and you find the pods and you surround the pod. Puke Island. <laughs> and where Puke Island comes in is... When the birds feel threatened, they vomit as a defense mechanism. Oh, yes. Hey, and guess what? They have mites that live inside their mouths. Pouch lice, yes. Pouch lice. I tell this at bird festivals. <laughs> wow. So pouch lice lives so, in their mouth, and it can only survive on avian blood. Oh, so when okay, the great. birds vomit on you, you get the pouch lice, 
and they can't survive on mammal blood, but they try. Oh. And because pouch lice is used to the darkest, wettest places, that's what they look for on you. Oh, they just they just kind of just shuffle down right. there to your darkest place. Or your they, so, they, yeah, your armpits Sharon if you're lucky. Volunteered to go here. Oh, twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. All right. And the best part of this story, in terms, in, in my terms, is she comes back home after being. Was it like it was a long weekend? Mm-hmm. It was like a three day or four day weekend. And, and there was a shower, but there was sulfur in the water. Right. <laughs> so she comes back, gets out of the car, and comes towards me and says, "I'm so happy to see you." And I said, "Get the fuck away from me." <laughs> Until you have the chemical shower that Cher had in Silkwood. It was true. I don't know if you spent a lot of time around waterfowl. Imagine what their vomit smells like. Uh, Okay, so there was another. So there was the sulfur shower that I had to take that I took to try and, like, get the stuff off me. There's there's the pelican vomit. Yes. The other thing was we were banding ring-billed gulls. And so, like, the gulls that you see in the parking lot in the Twin Cities, that's what those are. Uh So for those, you're getting their babies, and what you do is you grab them, and Mm -hmm. you you grab as many as you can. And then you put them in a corral. And the guy in the corral is the one who puts the bands on them, and as soon as he puts the bands on them, he puts them out, and they run back to where they're supposed yeah, to go. Right, right. Meanwhile, their parents, oh, and there are thousands of them, are overhead and screaming and yelling at you. Yeah. It really is like Alfred Hitchcock's The Bird, because they're diving down at you, and they're shitting on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they're diving at it, and I wish I still had some of those videos. Use all she bodily fluids. Yeah, and, and the babies are vomiting on you. I remember she one... She volunteered ah, for this. A cormorant vomited on me, and it had eaten crayfish. She was not... This was oh not... My. And it had turned red. Mm. And it... Anyway. This was not a academic project that she had... Like, a grad school thing that she had to do. This was not something she was being paid to do. Mm. This was not something that she was doing because she was writing a paper. This was for the she love. wanted to do this. It was the first... <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with, Jeremy. Oh, Wow. It's a, it's an obsession on a deep level. I I I, I, I am I I'm officially it. Yeah. not obsessed though. Oh. As uh, according to, well, Joseph I said a president Scripture. on Joseph Scrooge's yes, podcast obsessed because he oh. had me on to talk about being yes, obsessed yes. about birds. Sharon's sure. Sharon's point of view was she is not obsessed with birds, mm. and I sent her on this podcast because she is clearly obsessed with birds. No, well, mm. I I put the thing being like I will not stop sex for a bird. Right. Hmm. Okay, and well, that is why yeah. my wife who went to Puke Island. Twice. Twice. <laughs> we'll tell you she is not obsessed with birds. I just, I, I'm a masochist, if anything. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you got me there. All right. So, um, so we talked about albatross. So, oh, you know, you were talking about albatross. This is one oh, of my yeah. favorite albatross. radio things. <laughs> Which I don't even know what kind of albatross it was. You know, right. one that's by Antarctica someplace. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Lazen albatross uh, has one of the best calls. They- Dark eye smudge. Is it the high pitched balloon air coming out of the balloon sound? It's all of it. This is all a pair of albatross doing their their mating dance. And if you go to certain parts of Hawaii uh, in late winter, you can watch and and listen to that outside of certain hotels. So uh, I'm going to sidebar here. Sharon and I have talked about like her career options, and we've talked about places that we she could go to 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 advance her career as a park ranger. Mm -hmm. She is a 
not interested in going to Hawaii to live, but B, is interested in going to Midway Adel to live at Pittsburgh. Do people live on Midway Adel? So you can... You well, can... they live <laughs> on Midway Adel. So you can get volunteer positions oh, on Midway oh, Adel. Okay. Um, you have to pay your own way there, and you have to bring your own food. Um, they have housing, and okay. I think a bike you can you can take. It's like a Quonset hut, as I recall. Okay. Yeah, um, they're like... Is this, is this like Midway at all? Like the like the Battle of Midway? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it exactly. That's yeah. it exactly. Okay. okay. And uh, yeah, you you bike around twenty miles a day, surveying albatross and banding chicks and, and wow. noting things. And uh, there's no internet. Uh, there's a there's, there's a satellite like mail phone. once a week. Oh, there's not mail. Yeah. Mm. This is like... uh, what about internet? How's that? No, none. Oh my. None. No. Sharon would love to live there and do this. Hey, you want to live in Hawaii? Mm. Nah. It's yeah. really expensive. Why would you want to live in Hawaii? Mm. Midway Adel, though. <laughs> they warn you, too. It's like you have to be in good health because if something goes wrong, oh, we, yeah. it will be 48 hours till we can get you Got off it. the it's, island. It's like you're at McMurdo or whatever. Yeah. We yeah. used to do a segment on this podcast where Sharon would like describe... Burning jobs that you burning jobs that she would take if I were dead or oh, out of oh, or otherwise okay. out of the picture. You're, if you were you know, yeah, suddenly like, gone, one God day. forbid, yeah, you okay. know, I disappeared yeah. without a trace, right. and you know, <laughs> uh, and almost all of the jobs she described were uh, you will have to uh, have rifle training and how to deal with bears that come into your camp. Oh my. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, you will you will be in grizzly bear country. You have to have the ability to carry 20 pounds of gear on you at all times, right. bear spray. Also, and you yeah. have to pay for your flight and yeah. uh, you get 20 bucks. Conservation jobs are terrible. Wow. Okay, so I have another story coming up here. It's a Fabio story that is bird-related. It's about him being hit in the face by the goose? On the roller coaster? You guys know this. Of course we know this. Yes. It was the story that united a nation. It sure. really was. Yeah. Guess how old that story is. Apparently I know more birding stuff than I even thought. Well, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> no, do you guys... Do you guys 20, it, it 20th, broke his nose. I saw the photos. 20th anniversary? 30th anniversary? Yeah. It's the 20th anniversary uh, of Fabio's nose. Oh, my. And that so it's... Like, that was sort of like one of the first internet stories, because you saw the same two shitty photos. <laughs> but this was really before the internet happened. I mean, think about it. 20 years ago... 90s. That would have been no yeah, late I mean, late like 90s. Was late, 1999. Late 90s was. Like, we did not use the internet then like we do now. Well, no, it wasn't. But it was still. It was like one of the first big stories because I talked about this like when we talked about. Um, I was talking to our niece who's like does a lot of internet stuff. It's like I was trying to remember why. So you have Black Friday sales, which is the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and it was like trying to remember why Cyber Monday was a thing, and it's because everybody went to work. Everybody went to work, and you only had fast internet at work. Yes, so yes. that was like the nineties. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I knew that. That's wow. Was like, that so you went into work. You had, yes, it's the only place that would have high speed internet. Right. Yeah. 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 I was wow. like, I remember when I uh, one of the first permanent because I temped when we first moved up here. One of the first permanent jobs I had. Like, the internet, how can I describe this? If your attachment was over two megabytes <laughs> in your email, yeah. it wouldn't be sent until the end of the business day. Uh, yeah. And this was, like, at a major firm. Mm. So, so anyway, so you were saying. But no, this was going around, and all the young birders were like, 
how did I not know this happened? Oh, this was a thing. Right. This was a happen. Yeah. And I was like, right. oh, I remember this. And then you, it was you, like, you were a baby then. Twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years why ago. The young birders really? didn't know. Yeah, it, th- this is a twenty-year-old story. Why have I remembered that fact for twenty <laughs> because years? It was can, the I, can I can I can I jettison that and get some like more useful? <laughs> like, why Shakespeare, do, Shakespeare sonnet? Oh, nope, yeah, no, nope, sorry, no. It's the same two photos. It's the bird flying into his face, and then his bloody, and then nose. His bloody nose. There are no pictures of the bird flying into his face. There's the there's oh, okay. images of him going up the roller coaster right. and everyone laughing, and then there's the images of him coming back, and then all the girls dressed like, I don't know, little toga girls, True. and one of them is like trying to comfort him, and it's all smiley, oh. and, and he's all bloody, and then there are two girls in back, and one's kind of smiling, and she clearly doesn't realize how much blood she has on her face. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was the, that was the the moment you unified a nation. No, it was one of the first like mm. it's, one, it's certainly one of the big internet stories that I remember. I'm trying to think of other things. Did you um, see that, that that there was like a Tom Green MTV show for a while, and he went to Fabio's house one time? No, no. I did not see that. And uh, he was looking. He was like around. I mean, and it looked like kind of like a standard, like super vacant, giant LA mm-hmm. house. You know, that's like huge, but not really much there. There was a huge stereo system, and then he opened up his fridge and. The only thing that was in his entire fridge was just a wall of I can't believe it's not butter. Inside. Of course, yeah, just, this just, sounds just, like a, this sounds like a bit. This sounds like something that Tom Green did. It's uh, like it's they rent possible. a house and it's possible. Yeah. Or just that was in Fabio's contract that if someone comes to your house because he was a spokesman need, for yes, yeah, be, and he couldn't say the phrase because he was like I can't believe it's not bar. butter. Yeah. I don't even think yeah. he'd say butter. No, I like, bar. I don't have anything against Fabio. That's sort of interesting to me. Like, like he was just like he was the guy that was on romance novel covers, yeah, and sort of made a career out of that. And he was sort of in on the joke. He was. He was. I never understood the attraction. That's just not the kind of guy I'm attracted sure. to. So that was the thing that I I'm found. Right here, I don't know <laughs> why you would say that. Like what? I... <laughs> Bill, Bill Sheridan is still your, laughing. Is that your, your, your Fabio? <laughs> She's unable to talk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she is. Uh. <laughs> Clearly, I like the real butter. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'll take it as a compliment. But all right. Uh. Uh, that's up there with that terror. I saw a shirt today from Game of Thrones that I was like, I don't think this person realized what they were. You watch Game of Thrones. Yes. You, know, you know what's happening. Yeah. I was like, I'm a, I'm a Cersei in the streets and a Khaleesi oh. in the sheets. And I was like, I don't. Think you um, watch the show because uh, that's there's well I, I, the sexual po- let's let me just say I'm gonna go on record here mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry if this offends people but, but by the way spoiler alert for some things that have happened in Game of Thrones if you right. haven't watched the whole series I, I'm or just gonna be books. you know I know this is gonna offend I, I think I'm gonna shock America by saying this the sexual politics of Game of Thrones might be slightly troubling <laughs> <laughs> shocked shocked but if you're talking about like. You know, the respectability of one character versus another. I know, I was like, and, uh, but Cersei did the whole naked walk of shame. Yeah, it's like... Is it's, that what they mean? That's why I was confused! I was like... I think they like mean... Like, being forced might, to walk naked against your will through the streets? I think um, what they mean is, uh, like, Cersei is a, a, you know, complete badass in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And Daenerys has been... Like super sexualized, like you know. As I, the, the, I would I make like, it yeah. so. I would make the argument that maybe you want it the other way around. Exactly. I think seriously. Well, Khaleesi well, in the streets, Cersei in the sheets. Right. <sighs> it's a. This is. I mean, that's the fascinating thing. This is sort of. I don't know if anybody wants my hot take on Game of Thrones on this show. On a birding podcast, absolutely. Why not? 
The, the problem with this last season, as satisfying it has, as it has been for things to finally come to a head and we're going to get it, is like it's missing all of the troubling nuance that made Game of Thrones what it is. Well, that's it's the like, books. This is the TV it's show. It's not just good guys versus bad guys. It's like, okay, you want to do this, but you can't do this. It's like the whole thing about the, the last book was that um, Cersei gets hemmed in by the, um, the, who's the guy that's the head priest? The Sparrow. The Sparrow. Because the people believe him, believe in him and all these things. And it's like, she can't do whatever the fuck she wants. And suddenly it's like, okay, she kills off the head priest that everybody loves. Okay, that's not a problem anymore. Um, Daenerys gets total dominion over the, um, the, Khal Drogo, what are his people called? The, the, um... Why, now, why can't I think of them? Exactly. Dothraki. Dothraki. It's like, yeah. the Dothraki are these wild barbarian people. It's like, okay, they're not going to do anything anymore. They're just going to completely obey her. And, like, it's just, it's missing this, the, like, the little, the, uh, the not little finger, the, the little folk. The little small folk, folk. The small folk had this unspoken power throughout the entire series that really gave it its flavor. And now that's missing because now we need to find out how all the, the, the Star Wars characters are going to resolve this. I'm still hung yeah. up on hearing a limp, Limpkin in Pintos. Oh, bring it back to birding. I'm Sharon assuming gets, that's a bird. Yes. Okay. Sharon gets upset. We were watching Westworld. Now, West, <laughs> Westworld takes place in a, and I assume it's a subterranean park. That is made up entirely of robots and artificial life forms. Yes. Sharon gets so angry that the bird sounds are not accurate when it's established it's not that... not even the bird sounds. They had an old world vulture in the Wild West. All I'm saying is if they're paying <laughs> that much attention and making the robots that real, I mean, if you're going to make the vagina feel that good, when the... why can't you put in an actual turkey vulture? <laughs> when the artificial artificiality of this experience yeah. is the entire Sharon it ruins the illusion so, for you it, yeah. does. it kicks you out of Westworld it it's really no longer kick, believable like, that, Sharon would, would pay what, was it, what is the thing $20,000 a week to go to this park and not see a bird in the habitat it was in because oh just mm. guess what right, the bird no 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 you wouldn't get upset if you saw a bird that wasn't supposed to be there you would be satisfied if the bird that was supposed to be in that habitat you didn't see it because Oh, it just the bird. Like, yeah, I would. The bird we programmed was just not in that area. Mm. No, but I was I, I was really <sighs> pissed off about that Griffin vulture. Is there anything that annoys you? like in whatever you're into? Like whatever you're into, is there anything that like annoys you like that much? Well, yeah, as a musician person, sure. uh, I would say that it's <laughs> anytime That's someone. That's how plays, I believe you describe yourself on your yeah, albums. As a musician person, uh, anytime you see someone playing an instrument. On any TV show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the exception of, like, Clint Eastwood has played piano, and Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. played some uh, yeah, yeah. as well. Piano is a really hard thing to kind of, like... like fake. Fake, yeah. So, um, like, ah. Ryan Gosling on uh, La La Land, I learned his all of the piano Oh, he was actually I, playing the piano? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall um, in the commentary track of Spinal Tap... <laughs> okay. Uh, there are, by the way, yes, there are. I, I have watched it. I'm curious if I'll remember it. There are two commentary tracks of Spinal Tap. One is in character. Oh yes, yes, and and yeah. one is the guys talking about like. And they always said, um, Christopher Guest and uh, Mike McKeon and mm-hmm. um, Harry Shearer always said they were very careful to make sure that 
the fingering of the guitars and stuff matched up. Yeah. Because that drove them crazy. That's why that movie holds up, folks. That's why it does. It's, it's, the, it's the only one. So what is, what is, is there a particularly egregious, uh, I don't want to talk, I don't want to spill the tea here, I don't want to talk trash, but like, is uh, there best and worst? Best and worst. Uh, well, best I would say would be uh, Clint Eastwood uh, doing right. piano stuff himself, yep. Ryan Gosling, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess A Star is Born. They did a bunch of that stuff, and that's pretty oh, good. Oh, the Bradley Cooper? The, yeah, okay. the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. Um, okay. That's pretty good. I mean, there's a bunch of other... It's it's hard watching like movies like that. So, you know, it's like, oh, you mm-hmm. didn't rehearse this duet at all, and you're going to go like, say no, it sure, perfectly. Sure. I mean, right. okay, but... You know, it's a, it's a movie, so that's 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 fine. We I'm trying made, to think we, we of like what something like that that annoys me, and I think it's the only thing I can think of is like role playing games where it's like they're clearly just like it's not based on any actual system. They're just like throwing in a bunch of bullshit nonsense. You get pretty terms. angry at Jurassic Park when the little girl's like, "I know this; it's a Unix system, and it's not." Oh, actually, oh hacking out, scenes! In yeah. a, I actually <laughs> found out that that's real. Like the system that she's using is an actual like graphic interface. What? It was it, like, Jurassic it was, it was really was like there what? was somebody had laid this on there. It's like we really? found out like twenty years later. Hacking scenes are so like they, those don't even annoy me anymore because I'm not like mm. they're they're like literally so bad. There's a really funny scene in um, NCIS, which you can, like you can literally go on YouTube and search NCIS hacking scene where the, like somebody is hacking into their system and the two like police the ncis people like this one woman is frantically typing as if she's going to stop the hacker and another guy joins her and is typing on the same keyboard (laughs) and at that point it's not like inaccurate it's like the writers are fucking with the viewers yeah it's like nobody would believe that like like that's a big wink yeah it is exactly so but i don't i don't know that i have something because there's a bunch of things that annoy me in movies. I don't know that I have a thing that I am particularly watching for and accuracy. That, that just kicks you out immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no it, it, it'll it'll totally kick me out. And I mean, some of it I can forgive. Like I, I completely understand that Kookaburra is synonymous with jungle, yeah. even though it never ducky, leaves us. Mm. No, Kookaburra is a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is Kookaburra the one that lays its eggs in other nests and it's then cuckoo. Forests... That's cuckoo. Oh, okay, got it. Kookaburra got is it. a. It's more it's... like a kingfisher. Okay, yeah. Kookaburra is a. Is it Australian or is it African? It's Australian. Australian, ah. and it's just that you you hear that sound. It's yeah, just... and it's it's synonymous with yeah, yeah. yeah jungle. It's like it's like the loon sound implies loneliness. Like a character oh. is out in the wilderness here. And there was just an article about that oh. recently, mm-hmm. and and oh. it's like, yeah, it's, uh, someone's out in the middle of nowhere in a loon. And I think they tra- they were talking about Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and it was and it's like, yeah, and it's like, oh, I've heard it when people are out in the desert because it sounds like oh, such yeah, a yeah. wild, lonely sound. And it's like, <sighs> loons can't walk on land, so right. they can't be in a desert. Oh. <laughs> Has there ever been a series, well, that like made up bird sounds that just like you mean golf? Golf. They pipe in bird sounds for golfing tournaments. Oh no! I mean, like a like a like a a thing like like, like enlisting AI to construct like yeah like bird uh, sounds something that, that we're gonna actual. like you know you hear like like Jurassic Park. There's like what would a dinosaur sound oh, like? Yeah. It's like yeah. a trumpet. We're gonna mix oh, it with this and stuff. Perhaps a Sonic Project where they where they attempt to um, replicate the the calls of extinct 
birds. Yeah. Well, perhaps. that's kind of what they did with Jurassic Park. It was like, yeah. okay, what would this animal sound like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, that would be very curious. That, I would be, yeah, like, what would a Carolina parakeet sound like? Mm. Oh, uh, what is, do we have recordings of passenger pigeons? Those are extinct as well. We yes. don't. We do mm. have recordings of ivory-billed woodpeckers, though. Dodos also. Dodos we wouldn't have. Mm. Um, did they sound like albatross? Yeah. Curious. Yeah, I, and so I think, so there's a group on, I love Facebook. One of the things that is on Facebook is there's a group called Red Pulling, a birder pole group, mm-hmm. and there is a bird called a red pole, so that's why it's called mm-hmm. red pulling. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, better. We're not. No, we're talking about red pulling. Okay. We're not talking about World Girl Birders, a terribly named group, but an amazing group. True. But um, no, birder red pulling, and and there were things that, that there, there was a whole thing of like, what would be the the bird you that, that's extinct that you would want to mm. come back? And I was I was trying to think about that. Would it be Carolina parakeet? I don't think it'd be passenger pigeon. Mm. I know they're working on. "Quote unquote," de-extincting the passenger. Jurassic pigeon. Park in it, Long Now yep. Foundation. Yeah, I kind of. I think if, if, <laughs> I have if, no idea how far along they are on that. Right. But. They're further than they are. I think. Oh. I think we'll. I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime, but I think they're closer with a passenger pigeon than they are mammoth. Because mm. they're mm. working on both, but mm. passenger pigeon. Like, you know what we need running around in the world? <laughs> passenger pigeons. <laughs> Fucking mammoths. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know you want to see one. I want to see a mammoth. I do. I I don't know that there's a sort of a space for them anymore. There isn't. No, there is not. Yeah. But no, with the passenger pigeon, there were so many of them. Like when you read the the descriptions about how they would darken the sky and how they would just rain shit down on you when you were next to the river. That was the thing. Like I was listening to uh, an audiobook about Teddy Roosevelt. And yeah. Talking about, like, seeing the last of the passenger pigeons. And there were billions of them. It was, like, the most populous bird in America. It was really? it was unfathomable to us that we could ever shoot them into oblivion. What happened to them? They ate crops, so people eliminated them. But, I mean, oh. they were so abundant. So, you know... It was have a you ever, bird. Yeah, have you ever mm-hmm. gone clay shooting? Uh, yes. So you know how they call them clay pigeons? Yes. The reason why they're called that okay. is originally they would just grab a flock of passenger pigeons and release them and you would <sighs> shoot those. Oh so my. when the passenger pigeon okay. went away, they were like, well, we have to come up with something else. Oh. So we that's sort of, yeah, we like completely wiped them out and was, this was sort of And the, it happened uh, so quickly. And there, I think there is a little bit of habitat destruction with that, too, yeah. because the passenger pigeons would follow oak mast, and so we're tearing down the oaks to, oh. to grow crops. Right. So they're going for the crops. Was that also a thing with the American chestnut trees dying? Were they a part of that, or no? It was, well, no, uh, there was I mean, a thing that. called chestnut blight. Yes, the, yes. Uh, but part of it was But that like, wasn't part of their habitat. In terms of conservation, it was this sort of idea of... In you know the earlier days of America, it's like, well, God created all these creatures; He's not going to let them go extinct. It's like, yeah. but and there oh, were also, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. there mm. were also so many of them, and yeah. we don't have the yeah. communication abilities yeah. that we have then, uh, that mm-hmm. we have now. So back then, if somebody noticed, and they, they were also nomadic birds, mm-hmm. so they moved around a lot. They weren't sedentary like our pigeons that we have now. Mm. So if if you didn't have them it's like oh well they just went somewhere else it never occurred to anybody that oh, no mm. we 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 shot the shit out of them wow. wiped them out is that really like we really just we just shot them all i mean yes. like, we, we, we and, shot and, them and, and then ruined habitat a little bit ruined habitat and then wow. and then shooting them and then just the sheer number and this was in this was within living memory well not no, now not but living like memory like within the last 100 years within yeah. the last 200 years yeah. 200 wow. years i mean i think the last Martha died in the early 1900s. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Fun. Yeah. 
fun stuff. Was. Humans so, are great. But anyway, we're trying to bring them up. But anyway, <laughs> there were so many of them. There were also accounts of like when they would suddenly show up to your farm, mm. they would land on your roof of your house. And so many of them would land like they would collapse the roof. Get out. So that's really? the thing that I'm thinking of is like the de-extinction has happened. People have released them. They start breeding like crazy because wow. maybe yeah. we have a niche for them again. Mm. And they start crushing houses. Huh. That's the horror story uh, I want to write. Wow. Yeah, right. they, they start just crushing McMansions uh, out, out in the burbs. And, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. That'd be wow. great. And we have to figure out how to deal with that. All right. What else you got for us? Um, I got the Fabio story. We got the cassowary. Um Jeremy, do, do, do you have any other bird questions? Oh, I do actually. This and this is uh, this is uh, maybe more of like an environmental question. But I read something that made me think a little bit, and right. it was um, they had some scientists had gone to the Pyrenees Mountains, which is regarded as a pristine environment, isn't it? it hasn't right. been polluted by anything. All right. And they they take uh, you know, scrape a bit of like snow off of the the, the, the <laughs> Pyrenees, uh-huh. and they take it back to the lab. And what do they find in this pristine environment? But uh, are a bunch of uh, microplastic that has drifted up into, of course in, it has. into that. And I had read something about a whale that had recently like, um, um, yeah. uh, beached, and they had cut it open, and they found you know like, all sorts of plastic mm-hmm. and stuff. But microplastic, I'm kind of curious about, because birds are much smaller, and I assume that maybe they pick up a fair amount. <sighs> so does it. our is, planet... Is, what do we do about that? Is that a thing? Should I care about that? I don't, know, should... I don't know anything about well, this at I all. Well, I think my... Sure, I'm going to speak first, and then Sharon can will you, give... Will you plastic explain? I will. Plastic explain. I'm All going right. to give my opinion on this, and Sharon will give an actually rational <laughs> and informed opinion on this. All is right. that the human race is going to die out, and then... <laughs> Not soon enough. A yeah. form of microbe that can eat this plastic oh. will come over and, like... So Fungi, the, This I was hope. the thing yeah. that, like, 10, 20 years ago, I remember saying, it's like, save the planet! I remember... Somebody was very clear saying, the planet is not in danger. Mm. The human race is in danger. Very much so. So if we mess things up so much that the human race cannot survive, we die off, there's... Life is... Life will find a way. Life finds a way. There will be a bacteria that can eat all of this plastic we left behind. Mm. It will survive, perhaps evolve... Da, 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 da. But we're not going to we are not going to destroy the planet in terms of cracking it in half. So but Sharon uh, has a Plastics are a total thing. Plastics yeah. are terrible. You know the albatross you were talking about? Yes. So albatross fly around looking for fish. They mm-hmm. they also ingest a lot of plastic and then mm-hmm. go back and feed it to their chicks. And oh. so when you go to a lot of these albatross colonies, you're finding dead albatross chicks and they're fat and sassy, but as they decay there is just this mass of plastic because their parents have been feeding them oh, and feeding them plastic. So it stays in their stomach, so the chicks are full, but they're starving to death. Maybe sentience was a bad idea. So so <laughs> plastic is terrible, and it's wow. not a problem we're going to solve right this very instant. Hmm. Um, but there are a million little things that you can do. I mean, and hmm. one big thing that I, I... And this is something you have to be careful with, is like... Number one, stop releasing balloons. Sure. You know, when if I, I would rather people release doves at a funeral instead of balloons. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, maybe a Cooper's hawk is gonna eat that dove, but yes, side note. Yeah. Uh my father 
had a business with uh, uh, not doves, but um, pigeons, releasing them. Oh yeah. At, oh. At weddings, and then they would fly back to his place and did that for a number of years. He was did like, he ever mm-hmm. lose any of them to Cooper Socks or Peregrines? I don't believe so. He did he have yeah. a business where <laughs> you could do a thing where you walked away from, say, a job you were leaving and the pigeons would slowly fly away <laughs> John, as you just walked away? John uh, I don't know. I think he would have been around for that. I don't right, think anyone sure. hired him for that specifically. But, exactly. Um, I would have been down with that. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So yeah. I, I know that's a thing, but... So, this is so funny. Is I did not think about this at all until, like, literally just now. But he had um, these these birds called, like... They were like, they were like rolling pigeons or something like Oh, that? I know about or, the rollers, like, yeah. They, they would literally... I remember watching them one time, like the little farm I grew up on, and they would they would fly, and then they'd all of a sudden they would all just like drop out of the sky like yes. they were about yes. to die. There was like yes. 20 or 30 of them. Yes. And then sort of recover, and then they would all just go as a group. And, and uh. usually there were a few like kind of stragglers, and I guess like uh, amongst the, the birding circles that, that he was in, it was... Um, like the kind of like the tighter you got your group to right. synchronize, yes. like the, like the it's better. It's crazy like the to me was. that we were able to breed birds to do that. Like that was like that the, is a bred trait. Yes, it is, Why? and it's a terrible wild. Why? It's a terrible wild trait because we've talked about rollers before. It seems before. like a really yep. useless trait to have. It's a, it's a useless it's a, it's a trait. It's, it's, it's like narcolepsy for birds. Yeah, what, what is it's, it? It's, it's kind of what it is because pigeons have kind of this display flight that they do where they kind of like jump out and they do this kind of like circular thing. And then mm-hmm. when a peregrine shows up, everybody goes yeah. every which way. So like with the rollers, they do that kind of like I'm dead. Mm. We're all gonna fall and do this. And what ends up happening sometimes is Cooper's hawks take note of this and are like, oh, oh I, can, I can totally grab you right now and grab you, and I'm oh, going to eat the shit out mm. of you. And some human decided that was interesting. That's yeah, but, but it yeah. does get to be a problem where uh-huh. there, there have been people who specialize in rollers that are like, God damn, this Cooper's hawk is like going after my huh. rollers, and then they go after the Cooper's hawk. Well, it's like the, huh. the fainting goat. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a, yeah, yeah. If you're a... Shepherd, you have a <laughs> as people are as they are. Yeah. You have bread, want to do. You have bred a goat that will faint, so the wolf could eat the goat, and your sheep can escape. Yeah, mm. which is crazy to me. Wow. Genetics are fucking crazy. I wow. would love that if if it's danger and I'm going to get eaten. I just want to faint so I don't have to know what's going to happen. Huh. That's kind of what you do. <laughs> so I so so I'm fascinated because like I know of the roller pigeons and I've seen That's videos. So I've funny. never known someone who's actually. I have not thought about it in honestly like like a decade. I didn't even remember that it was a thing rolling around in my brain. But um, yeah, <sighs> he would do these kind of like um, I guess like races. Oh yeah, you know? pigeons. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you so you take them out like a certain distance. Yes. And then you just let him go and you wait yes. for him to wait for him to come back. He was, yeah. he was he was very into it for a while. Oh yeah, and I, I could. I can see myself being into that. So mm. I, a question that I get quite a bit is mm. people are like, I have this pigeon in my backyard and it has this color tag. What should I do? And it's like, oh, that's somebody's racing pigeon. Oh. And usually if it's end, ended up in someone's backyard, the owner doesn't want it back. So it's like, yeah, that's a bad pigeon. I don't want it. Oh. Wait, it's what? They, 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 they just abandoned? Wait, what? Like it didn't come back or something? It didn't or, come or back. They, or they, yeah. they shut it out from the rest of the... No, like the bird just had something wrong, so it t- couldn't go back, and it got distracted oh, at so a bird feeder. And so okay. there's like, yell at the peregrines, eat it. Okay. No, so I grew up in eastern Washington, and I don't know like what kind of... like I'm, I'm assuming there are all sorts of hawks and, and birds who prey out there. You would stuff. have Cooper's hawks out there. You'd have red-tailed hawks, Swainson's hawks. 
Yeah, yeah, you'd have you, you, you'd have peregrines for sure. Oh, yeah. um, the peregrines. So here in Minneapolis on three ninety four and one hundred, the first time I ever went to go. What? Okay, okay, okay. So you know that big tall building there? Yeah. So the the side that faces east that faces downtown Minneapolis, there's a Peregrine yeah. Falcon nest box there. There is. Yeah. So if you're on three ninety four and you're going west and you look yes. and you can like see in the corner. There's a box up there. And like the other day I was driving by, I could actually make what? out one of the peregrines. Yeah. Um, they they are, someone around there keeps racing pigeons because when you. Mm. Oh, that, that's like, that's prime feeding ground. Because you can like oh, see oh. the bands in their nests. <laughs> when you go band them. The, the, the Midwest Peregrine Association never shows those bands. I just Ooh. remember once I was there and I was like taking pictures. Like, oh, they're like, don't show the don't, don't show Sorry. Don't show yeah, the pigeon yeah, bands. Yeah. We don't want to like make people angry. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. But no, that, that, so peregrine falcons, like if I had more time, I would love to write a book about peregrine falcons in the Twin Cities and the soap opera that it is, because especially at 394 and 100, so the nest box faces downtown Minneapolis where there's a Mm -hmm. really good peregrine nesting area and it's right along the Mississippi River and it just seems to be like the females who are incubating and staring at downtown Minneapolis, like after a couple of years and like, fuck this place i want to go move into that territory and then tons of pigeons there yeah Yeah. tons of pigeons you're also right on the mississippi so yeah yeah yeah. and and so many battles between females that have wanted to move from the 394 highway 100 well the thing i always wonder about is that they are you know habitually cliff nesting birds it's like oh there's much more cliffs here i can Mm -hmm. like this is what I was made for. Well, we have more peregrine falcons in the Twin Cities than we do in the historical record because we've created fake cliffs right. in the form of skyscrapers. Yeah. We also have a decline of common nighthawks in the metro area, which may or may not also be a factor in that because, like, mm. oh, I have to deal with this like falcon that can fly 200 miles an hour now because mm. there are a lot of nighthawk parts in oh. peregrine falcon nests. Do we have another uh, story we're just going to... Wow. I just want to wanna end with a really cute story about uh, an old Minnesota birder here oh, in the Twins. Since lovely. you're in Minnesota. Yeah. This is Bob Jansen. He used to work hey. for me for a little bit when love I Bob. when I managed a wild bird store. I love that I got like one of the top birders in the state to be my employee. <laughs> so he's uh, 86. Okay. So he wow. has a goal to get 225 different bird species in every county in Minnesota. Ah. So, like, if you're a top birder in Minnesota, you want to try and get, like, 300 species for the state. Uh-huh. If you really want to go, you want to go for the 400 species for and, the state. And what do we call these people, Sharon? Clisters. County listers. <laughs> Clisters. Yeah. Okay. The best part about this is when Sharon worked at the bird store and I first met someone who, who was a clister, they have a binder. Yeah. Like a big, thick three-ring binder with every counter, county. I'm sorry, county in Minnesota colored in to how many birds they have, like, and a list of how many birds they have seen in so, the so what? So the first page of the binder do was... Do they have to provide evidence of that? Like through a photo, or do we just take it's, the it's, word it's, Well, that's it? a, it's an well, honor. Birders honor? It's an honor system because if you're bullshitting... People will figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. So there's some things like I can tell you I saw a house sparrow in a in a county. I don't need to provide photo proof for that because that's a pretty widespread species. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be in a lot of... Uh, so mm-hmm. um, now where... So I report to eBird. That is the... the this it's is an where, app. 
It's an it's an app, but it's a database provided mm-hmm. by Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and people can access the information and reports and things like that. And so the guy that that keeps track of eBird for Minnesota, he'll contact me, and you get this very nice form letter that says, "Hey, I noticed that you reported like forty six water thrushes in this particular area that you bird a lot in. Mm-hmm. That's like the highest count we've ever had for Hennepin right. County. Mm-hmm. Can you provide some kind of documentation? So then you have to tell them your survey protocol, mm-hmm. or let's say in my patch." Patch, patch birding is like you have a place you bird a lot. So like what I say yeah. when I was in my patch, I'm not talking yeah. about my underwear. I'm talking about... Well, yeah. you were. But, <laughs> yes. So let's say in my patch I got... What would be a really rare bird for my patch? Um, Sandhill crane? No. Uh, Jeer falcon. Yes. Okay. So I said I had a deer falcon in my patch, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be... It's super Insane. rare. It wouldn't be like an afternoon. It wouldn't like say, oh, I saw a cassowary. Cassowary, that that would that's, that's nonsense. Not nonsense, because they can't fly. Right. But uh, deer falcon, they fly all over the place. They're known mm-hmm. to be in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. If I reported it at the right time of year, I'd have to give documentation. Probably, probably what one scene in the Twin Cities in the entire history of the human race? No, more than that. Okay, anyway. more than that. It's anyway. it's. Census, rare yeah. but local, rare but okay, local. Right. So my patch would not be the the. So right. then I would have to provide some kind of documentation, and so your documentation hopefully is a photo, okay. and then it's a description, and then hopefully you're going to do that description where it isn't verbatim from the David Allen sibling. And guy. some of it is also reputation. Like if some I is, just yeah. moved to the Twin Cities and said, "Hey, I saw." Super extreme rare bird. Whereas if you said you saw something. When I first moved to the Twin Cities, I reported a golden eagle at Cedar Lake. Right. And nobody believed me. Right. It was during migration. It was flying over. Right. It was a fucking golden eagle. Because it now, had the uniform pattern of white. Now, but, actually, mm-hmm. now you would probably not report the bird officially. <sighs> not without a photo. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have had, like, I had a Louisiana water thrush in my patch. Mm-hmm. And I had it. It's. I'm sorry. I had it strictly based on call. Mm-hmm. There was no question to me to what it was, but the eBird reviewer is like, hey, we only get those on the St. Croix River. I need some more documentation. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a photo, and I was like, I don't want to be a it's, stringer. It's a question of reputation. A, you are building your reputation. Yes. B, you are risking your reputation. Yeah, you, you want to be a solid birder. You want to be a and solid there are people birder. Who, especially people who are leading tours can wreck their careers by making shit up. But they can also, like, hide that shit and still lead tours. It, you, wow. Your birding ability is the least important skill you have on leading bird tours. Huh. Hot take. It just, everybody, anyone listening to this who wants to lead bird tours, you pretty much need a therapist degree. That is your number <laughs> one. So, question. It's about birders in general. It sounds like what you're talking about. Like, the only thing that I really have much is that I'm not into birder culture, per se, or, or, or I'm, I'm not a birder but myself. But you've been to a birds and beers. Yet. Um, Means you're still sane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it sounds a bit like these are kind of like real-life Pokemon trainers. Oh, yeah. Oh, the crossover like, between like, birding and Pokemon? Is the crossover Pokemon? there? It oh, should be if it isn't. Huge. Can I show you the oh birding my. for Pokemon page? Uh, yes. Oh, this was a huge I debate. Mean, literally, gotta catch them all. Is 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 the vibe yes. that I get? But, oh. but but in real oh, yeah. life. But in oh real yeah. Life. There is a birding for Pokemon <laughs> page. Of course there is. <laughs> uh. And it's and it's people who talk about birds, and they also talk about where you go, and and so. Yeah, when Pokemon first came out, a lot of birding sites had great Pokestops stops and gyms. Uh, and so, if you're having a slow day, it's yeah. like, I'm not seeing any birds, might as well see what Pokemon There was also here. a huge debate, uh, which Sharon wrote some great articles about, like, 
I can't believe these kids are going outside to search for Pokemon, and when there's like real animals out there, they can be going out to stay see. inside, kids. Yeah, and, uh. yeah. I wrote an, I, I write for an outdoor publication <laughs> that includes hunting, and uh, I, I was like, hey, you know how we said, boy, wouldn't it be great if someone could come up with an app that would get kids outside and get mm, them like like right, doing yeah, stuff outside? Yeah. This is it, everybody. This is this is a oh, good yeah. thing, and yeah. it's like, and I talked about how in my ranger programs, it's like, hey, we just saw a Squirtle. It's in this particular habitat. Let's see if we can find what a Squirtle is based on. Oh yeah, no, no, birding is completely like collector mania. Ah, like yeah, if you yeah. collect comic books or you collect baseball yep. cards or something, yeah. like, it's like that. It's that level, especially when you get into something like we've talked about the addictive, foot, sorry, addictive personality. Yes. Oh yeah, like a lot of people former who, alcoholics. Former are alcoholics move into birders yeah, because, and yeah. that's they talk about like you have this binder yeah. where you are coloring I, it in. Like, but I, I watched it. I, it. Yeah. I watched it happen at Birds and Beers mm. of like. I was playing Pokemon right away because I just love Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like showing it to people at Birds and Beers. And then before I know it, people that are in their 60s are like surpassing me in level. And I distinctly remember one day like someone in their 60s like explaining to me Cubone's backstory, which I already knew, but Mm -hmm. I was just like... The thing that, wow, that's that's that. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, oh, it's so sad. Like he's wearing the skull of his mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I loved was, and we've talked about this before, but like, for Jeremy, it's like the people, the people who are older than us, playing Pokemon Guy, Pokemon Go, who got into hardcore MMO clanning. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, yes. 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 It's like we have a Pokemon. It's like we have a Pokemon oh. group together. Oh, can I join it? No, your Pokemon aren't strong enough, and you don't have the right kind oh, no, no, to no. join our to oh. join our raids oh. on legendary Pokemon. No, I, sorry. Wow. Yeah. It's like back to EverQuest. I I, 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 I literally watched this one day. It was like, wow. Can I join your raid group? Uh, no. No. I'm sorry. Apologies to everybody. We just blew the levels out of this. No, no, no. And wow. then she was like, it was like, look, my group, you're not even serious unless you have at least six T-Tars. And I'm like, T-Tars? <laughs> and they meant, ter- I knew they meant Tyranitars. Right. So I was like, T-Tars? That's a thing now? These are like retirees. <laughs> fucking crazy. amazing. And it's like, and it's one of the reasons why I still, I'm not as into Pokemon Go as I used to be. Right. But since my park service offices are in downtown St. Paul, and in the summertime downtown Minneapolis, I love, like, I'm at my desk, and it's like, oh, there's a raid in the Skyway. And I know so many people now at Securian Bank and all this stuff, and, like, we all get together. Yeah, it's... Hit the raids. (laughs) That's amazing. It is freaking crazy. I can't believe people... Are yeah, still into Pokemon Go, but they. they I, I'll well, have to admit, I'm excited to see Detective Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm also excited. I didn't know that I was excited to see it, and then I saw a trailer, and I was like, Yeah. I, I guess when I'm I saw Mister, when in. I saw Mister Mime was in the trailer, I was like, All right, <laughs> I, I have to see this movie now. I'm so glad. It's sort of interesting to me because the sort of mythos for you know uh, geek movies for a while I was like, What if we took this character seriously? It's like Nolan movies. What? Yeah, yeah. What would actually make a guy dress like a bat and fight crime? And that's, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting take, and I like Nolan's take on it. Yeah, yeah. But especially with the DC movies lately, it's like, you know, what if we're goofy? What if What if men are riding giant seahorses under sea? <laughs> great. Show me this movie. What if? Because the thing they clearly yeah. establish in the Aquaman movie is 
only Aquaman can talk to sea creatures. He's yes. the only person who has ability. Yeah. But they have an octopus who plays the drums. <laughs> well, but that, he's, he's just very highly he's skilled. He's just really good at that. He went to Berkeley. They just you know? found it's, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so while we're talking about Pokemon and, and childhood here, yep. I just want to say that I love that I'm an adult and I trade in stickers with people. Right. Oh. And I'm bringing these up for Jeremy. Like, I just got an amazing trade recently for a surprise oh, Pikachu. Look at that surprise Pikachu. <laughs> I love... I'm saving it for when I get my new laptop. I um, love Shock Pikachu. But but I also have, like, this is a bird called a Patu. Uh, but... Uh, it's like a, it's a Catholic advent. A Catholic candy. advent. There's making yeah. a little sign of the cross with right. fe- feathered yeah, sacred, sacred heart candle. Yes. I will say, yeah. you can also get this sticker as a skirt. But if you're a woman, the the this part is oh, in a, yeah. is, is right yeah. in the spot where it should, right. it should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, and then anatomically correct. There's shooting right. stickers, but I just love being an adult that that I still have stickers. And I'm so at, at one point I'm so happy that I'm an adult right now and I can semi afford these things to exist. I'm so pissed off that this didn't happen when I was a kid, and you can have like the remote control robot that like you know responds to you and you can control with the. Uh, Anywho, any other right. bird questions for us? We this Anything? podcast has gone on long oh, enough. I th- I think I'm good. Thank All you. Right. That was All super right. informative and fun, and apparently I, I learned is... a bunch about birds, and I, I knew more about birds than I even thought. You do, you know. Birds. But I mean, you've told me about birds. Like you, you used to live <laughs> over by Woodlake Nature Center, and oh, yeah, yeah. and you know, you tell me about the birds over there. Yep. True. Yeah. Jeremy, where can uh, people find you online if they want to learn more about you and those little songs that you create? Yeah, the, uh, Time don't Magazine. Say little songs about. like. Yeah. Well, I would say in in the question, uh, I did do a whole album of ditties called Eleven Obscenely Optimistic Songs for You. Great. Oh, yeah. Those are literally ditties. They are super short. uh, And all my music is on, like, you know, Spotify and iTunes Mm -hmm. and YouTube and all that stuff. My website is jeremymestersmith.com, and you can follow me at Twitter at jmestersmith or jeremymestersmith on Instagram. Let me ask you, because this is a thing of debate with artists. Yes. How do you feel about things like Spotify? It's really great as a as a listener. Mm-hmm. As an artist, it's kind of like uh, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. What's the? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to get into that debate right now. Uh, Why not? I'll no, give you a was, super quick answer. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, but what was? Your oh, question? I'm sorry. No, it's just this whole thing. It was like they were talking about how things are changing. It was like for a period of time, artists were making a lot of money with albums. Mm-hmm. That does not exist anymore. It, it is not. not going to come back. It's Correct. the same with books. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, True. That was my take. So, and so you hear like interviews with, "Hey, sorry, he said this." Prince was like, "I think the internet's going to go away," and like John, and like uh, <laughs> yeah. not uh, John Mellencamp <laughs> yeah. was like, "Yeah, I think people are going to go back to listening to albums because that's the best way." It's like, no, no, it's really no. never going to. So I feel like with with writing and stuff because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I kind of came in on the tail end because we got like that really insane book deal we with did. Disapproving Rabbits yep. but then after that it's kind of like we, we got into the modern world of publishing yep. but I feel mm-hmm. for writers now you have a lot of options that you didn't have before to get mm-hmm. people to read your work also in a way to get money that you would not have been able to get before sure. you have to work a little harder and now Amazon is in the middle of all of this and that mm-hmm. makes things harder but I feel in the grand scheme of things things are a little bit better for writers who never would have had a voice before. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way with music? Uh, 
I don't know, probably. Uh, on the one hand, you have, like, it's kind of like, there can only really be, like, probably like, five pop stars at any one time. Mm-hmm. Right. Really amazing. So there's, you know, there's Taylor Swift, there's Beyonce, there's Ed Sheeran, there's Les mm-hmm. I know, it's like there's and Neil Gaiman. You yes. Know? Yeah, yes. George Martin, yeah. Uh, and at least for musicians, it's maybe not this way with, with authors, but um, with musicians, I mean, when you see Beyonce, it's really a team of, like, hundreds mm-hmm. of people who, right. you know, work on all of that, all of that stuff. Um so I, I guess I don't... I think it's probably well, pretty good. Uh, it depends. There's there's maybe a, a long tail, let's, yeah. let's say, sure. for, for the rest of us. It sort of reminds me of something that Paul Tompkins would talk about, like when he was talking to, to his mother and stuff, like, I'm going to be an entertainer. And when he said that to his mother, she thought, like, the only way you can make a living as being an entertainer is being Tom Cruise. <laughs> and he's like and you're no Tom Cruise and he's like I can make a really good living doing what I do but she's like no there's only one guy who's in every uh, yeah. movie that every comes movie. out every yeah. year yeah yeah, yeah. 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 no no it's, it's I hear that true yeah. Yeah. yeah but I feel like there, there, there are things that, that have changed in a way so and, and even if you think about YouTube like we have that that bathtub video that we did right. that is a sketch at the end of the day that yeah. is a sketch that we did mm-hmm. we got paid crazy amount of money for yeah. that sketch but more people have you, seen that than we ever would have fathomed oh, in yeah. the past like when I we're mean, just doing stuff like at the Bryant Lake Bowl or yeah. Yeah. Right. you are a park employee but you make when you were freelancing you made a living doing that mm-hmm. and Jeremy Makes a living doing, you know, his his yeah. stuff, his his little ditties, his little, little ditties. Not his little ditties, but I just feel like, but when you're someone who is a creator like mm-hmm. you are, and yeah. a creator like I am, yeah. that, you, yeah, you absolutely want to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You also want as many people to oh, experience yeah. what you create. Absolutely. And and so yeah, I feel like need, we have more options now than we this did. This was yeah. So continue, please. Oh, I was just gonna say I have um, like my kind of like working model is is basically I I want as many people as possible to hear my music, mm-hmm. and honestly, on a personal level, like I don't care if they pay for it or not. Like mm-hmm. I want my songs to to find a place in people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, that said, if you I, need to if, eat, yeah. Uh, if a company would like to use uh, my songs as like sonic wallpaper for a right. commercial or for something, sure, yeah, I will charge them a whole lot of money yeah. for that. But yeah. for people, I would like for it to be as free as possible. And I guess that's in general why I kind of like the like the streaming stuff. Uh, but also as a musician, I have one other thing I can do, which maybe other people uh, maybe can't, is that um, I can charge for scarcity, which is me. I can oh. I can I go on tour. I make most of my money sure. from either placements. Jeremy is now handing us a giant and invoice. <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll have my lawyer send it you to you after you the You know those podcast. giant yes. checks you get when you win the lottery. This is the invoice that he's handing us. He's no. actually standing outside the door right now. Actually, with, with the big, with I the take back thing. every bird answer I've ever given. <laughs> um, but seriously, I play shows. That, that's yeah. that's the th- a thing that musicians can do. Like here is a magic trick that I've worked hard on yeah. to to present yeah. this thing live, yeah. and, and you can get paid for that still. <sighs> and we and we were just talking about that because before this podcast. Uh, non-birding Bill and I mm. went to a Pixies slash Weezer show. Oh, yes. And we enjoyed the Pixies. We heard a lot of favorites, mm. but it was like we were and, and we were aware of Weezer. It was a really old school, like, because I'm old. It was like, and I don't go to concerts that often, but it was a very old school, we're going to play these songs, we're going to rock as hard as we can, mm. we're going to do the music, that's it. We're going to do the music, that's it. That's what you get. All right. And and then Weezer came out and 
There was so much theatricality. It seemed like they were having <laughs> so much fun on stage. We're going to delight and intrigue you. Wow. They it they was... started off doing one of their songs as a cover in Barbershop, and then they did a whole bunch of covers because that's what Weezer does these days. So <laughs> and, the, and there was an aquatic uh, ele- or a nautical the Weezer boat as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, Rivers Cuomo <laughs> was like riding a boat out in the middle of the audience singing. Uh, it was so Aha crazy, covers. like it was so like plant. It was very <laughs> theatrical, as you said. But it was like I'm going to get in a little boat that's going to be pulled out into the audience while we're doing our cover of Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get to the middle of the crowd. I'm going to do an acoustic set while the rest of the band fucks off. Uh-huh. The set's going to completely change. It was... I cannot... I cannot imagine how much Frank Black was seething when he saw this. <laughs> when he saw the... The, like, the stage show that he like was going to have to. I'm opening up for this circus, what's going on? Exactly. But, but here's the thing, too, with Weezer. So Weezer was part of one of my early Twitter moments. That, mm-hmm. And it was one of the reasons oh. why I liked Twitter. So this was back when you could follow... This was back when if you followed Stephen Fry on Twitter, he would follow you back. Yes. Oh, wow. Early, am, early Twitter. I am one early. of the 500,000. As am I. Wow. So, um, I am not, and I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> but so, I mean, and this was like what I would try to explain to everybody when Twitter was early. I was like, imagine being at a convention and someone that you know and you've read their stuff or you've listened mm-hmm. to their stuff and, and you can tweet at them. They might tweet back at you and right. you'll have a whole conversation. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. someone else will join in who seems really delightful and they'll be Do you your remember friend. who's the fucking guy that was on that 70s show? And he's like, Tougher Grace? Tougher Grace. Tougher Grace joined Twitter and it was like, Sea change, like everything. No, not Tober Grace. Um, mm. Kudzu. Uh, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher joined Kutcher. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That was fucking crazy when he joined. And Rivers Cuomo was supposed to be a birder. Yeah. There was you... a fundraiser that he did, and somebody paid $25,000 yes. to go birding with Rivers Cuomo. He seems delightfully eccentric. I, I admire. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to go see some Shakespeare with uh, with Rivers Cuomo because he, was, he, was he studied Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. He went to. Yeah. So did Harvard Bill. or Yale? Or I don't one know. Of those? Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's just. I love Weezer for the fact that they've just, as a band, decided, okay, we don't give a fuck. We're going to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. They're yeah. going to do covers. They're going to sound kind of like the original songs. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Young Birders love Africa. <sighs> anyway, okay, so we've. <laughs> We've 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 done this podcast, Jeremy. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. What a delight. Um, I I know the songs that I would tell people to listen to. Is there anything you would tell people that you would like them to listen to? Oh no, I just look and see what other people listen to on Spotify or whatever, and just listen to those. All right. Um, well, my Spotify tells me I like Hitman an awful lot. So that is, I think that is one of my favorite. Well, uh, based on an off mic conversation, I look forward to Jeremy's cover of Pac Man Fever. <laughs> Which I am so. There are certain things that I am so proud I've introduced people to. Uh-huh. One is uh, telling, introducing Jeremy Moses Smith to Pac Man Fever, which I'm sure he's going to cover in the future. Um, the other thing I would tell people is that Jeremy has a really great Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's Ditch Christmas is an amazing song. I, love that. I, I listen uh-huh. to it. Also, he does the sad version of Have Yourself a Merry. Have yourself a merry little Christmas with the original with the original lyrics. lyrics I know the original oh. unsonatified yep. happy lyrics. I, I know. I've listened to them yeah. and I've oh, yeah. cried myself to oh. work. So oh. 
I know my other, this is my other humble brag, I introduced Jeremy to Frank Sinatra's future album. Yes, you did! You sure did, which I've listened to a bunch, like so much. You need to cover that so hard. It needs to happen. Uh, I introduced Jeremy to the Untamed Mushrooms guy, a.k.a. the Cowboy, at Birds and Beers. Great. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is, you know... Are we gonna? Is this? This the is next? the public podcast. This right. is. We're gonna have to do something separate for the Patreon. Okay. No, I have this. I just want to make sure I have the this right is number. The public, public. Right. Not, so we have to do. We have to do one before this. I'm just saying, if this is the next public podcast, I have the number, but I just need yeah. To make this sure. is the next. This public is Birchick podcast number two hundred and forty-six. Good lord, we've been doing this for yeah. About it's a decade. Insane. Keep in mind, there have been periods where we Jeremy, we take hiatuses. Jeremy just slapped his face like we told him it's not butter. <laughs> We've been doing this for about a decade now. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have any questions for Sharon, you can talk to her Sharon at birdchick.com. She is at birdchick on Twitter. She is the birdchick on Facebook. You can find Jeremy on Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere you want to listen to Do whatever to you can tunes. to actually buy his music. It's really good music. Go see him live. And uh, we will be back soon. Thank you so much. Bye.